Hey, my name is Parker Manuel, pastor of Pinewood Church in Boulder, Colorado, where our mission is to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. Hope you enjoy today's podcast. I have a question for you tonight, and that is, how many of you are grateful that you get to live in the beautiful, colorful state of Colorado? I think the front row's excited. Let me try again. How many are you, of you are grateful that you get to live in Colorado? Woo! Come on now. It's Colorado. Not only is it Colorado, but I know some of you got to experience some of the best pow days this last week. Woo! Oh, we love Colorado, though. We got the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. We have Red Rocks, the number one venue in all of the world. We have flat irons, and my personal favorite, we have Boulder, Colorado. I think it's the greatest place in the world, but that's just me. I live here. Uh, Another wonderful thing about Colorado is, is that in Colorado, we get to experience 300 days of sunshine. Don't you love sunshine? Isn't winter such a bummer? (laughs) It's not, I guess, if you're a snowboarder, but we get less sun. I'm a big fan of the sun. I love longer days. I was researching this week on the benefits of sun. And did you know that there are a significant amount of health benefits related and associated with the sun? Did you know this? Did you know that as the sun gives out rays, it gives out a ray that is that ultraviolet B. And when ultraviolet B touches your skin, guess what it creates? Vitamin D. Are we grateful tonight for some vitamin D in our skin gifted to us from the sun? Vitamin D promotes good bone health. It promotes good skin care. So for some of you tonight, let's just get out in the sun. We'll get stronger and clearer faces together, Okay. Another fun fact about the sun is that when you walk out into the sun and the sun connects with the retina of your eye, it releases a hormone in your brain called serotonin. How many of you love serotonin in your life? It's the the good mood hormone. And it boosts your mood and it makes you feel better. The, the benefits of the sun, there's so many benefits of the sun. It helps you sleep better because during the day when the serotonin is firing off, when the sun goes down, guess what else fires off? Melatonin. It's coming at you and you, it helps you fall asleep. The sun has a lot of health benefits. But beyond the health benefits of the sun, I, I There was one benefit of the sun that I believe rises above the rest. And that is, that's beyond it increasing your immune system. That's beyond better skin care, stronger bones. And that is light. Are we grateful for light tonight? (laughs) Hallelujah. We are glad that we can see the light so that we can see where we're going, so we can see what's around us, so I can see your, your beautiful faces tonight. 
We're grateful for the light. Light is so significant that, did you know that in Scripture, in Genesis 1-3, God's first recorded words in Scripture is, let there be light. The light is significant in Scripture. And what I love about God's intentional design with the sun is that it not only helps us with our physical lives and it helps benefit our health, it not only helps us navigate our our way around because we can see, but God is so intentional with his creation that he uses everything to point back to his son, even the son. We see all throughout scripture that Jesus is referred to as the light and the light of the world. And I wanna look at some text tonight so that we can understand the significance of that. I wanna start in Isaiah chapter nine. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, I'm gonna have it on the, the IMAX behind me. <laughs> and then if you want, you have Bibles in the back and uh, you can get up at any time, go grab as many Bibles as you want. Uh, we would love to get a Bible in your hand or you can grab one on your way out. Isaiah chapter nine, and we're gonna look at verse two. It says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. What is this, a light has dawned? What has dawned? Well, let's fast forward just a few verses in Isaiah to verse six. Verse six says this, for a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. Wait, so this light dawned on us is a his, and it is a child. Let's read this last part together. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. This doesn't sound like any ordinary child, does it? A child bringing light to the world who is our wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, and prince of peace. Now, I want you to understand, this text was written hundreds and hundreds of years before this actually happened. This was what's called a prophecy, looking ahead to when this light would come, this child would be born. Now, between this time and when Jesus was born, there were a lot of really dark days, and the people were desperate for a king to come and rescue them. They were, they were in desperation. Times were hard. There was grief. There was pain. There was war. They needed a rescuer. And I love, I love God. God does not turn his back on the night. He pierces the night, pierces the black hole with the light and his son, Jesus Christ. He sends his son on a rescue mission into the night, not like we would imagine, Not as the king on a throne in a prominent city with an army racing in. No, no, no. Jesus does it a little different. When he sends a little baby as the spark of light, the catalyst, and a little baby in a manger in Bethlehem. And he doesn't come as a king on a throne dictating. No, no, no. Jesus comes as a baby, and he grows up as a servant leader. Unexpected, right? Uncommon. 
And this is how God chose to bring the light of the world to us. And this was no ordinary light. This was peace, and this was hope and life for all humanity. I wanna look at three benefits of the sun tonight. And I believe as we look at these three benefits of the sun, I believe that if we lean in tonight to truly understand the benefits of the sun, I believe that it could change your life forever. Now, which sun am I talking about? The sun rays or the son of God? I don't know. Let's look in the Bible. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Now, the first benefit that I see is that the sun gives us direction. The sun gives us direction. Now, I'm a big fan of lights. Can you imagine a world with no lights? Let's make it extremely practical. Can you imagine everything shuts down right now? All power, all candles go out. I'm gonna tell you right now, it's every person for themselves. I'm going, I'm getting out of this building, all right? It would turn this sweet, nice, calm, enjoyable moment into pure chaos. I think that is true in all darkness. Imagine driving. We're gonna do a science experiment. We're gonna have no lights in our city, no headlights. You just have to drive at night in the dark, not seeing where you're going. We're gonna see how that works out for us. It would not work out, okay? Try cooking with no lights on. Not gonna work out well for you, okay? I'm a big fan of light. If you've ever been to my house and you've ridden your bike to my house, I can promise you, you have not ridden your bike home without a light. I've lost five, amen? Shout out to the people who've come to my house and left with a bike light, all right? On Amazon, it's on, I'm just keep ordering them. I keep ordering because I love you. I love you. I, 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 I want you to get home safe, okay? Because when you're riding a bike at night, it's dangerous. It can get crazy out there. Look, I'm gonna say what every parent says. It's not you. I'm nervous for the other people, okay? I'm nervous for the other people that can't see you. Has anybody ever heard of uh, Polly Pockets? These little, uh, little devil toys. Have you ever heard of these things? <laughs> they sneak out at night on the floor right when you're walking around barefoot and you step on them and it just so happens that every pain nerve in your body is in your feet and it just shoots straight to your brain. I'm a big fan of light. We have night lights all over our house. Why? Because I have many children that need to be able to get around at night. They need to be guided by the light properly. And if I'm being honest, it's so that I don't step on any more Hot Wheels and Polly Pockets, okay? I'm looking out for me on this one too. But I'm a big fan of light. What do we know about light? It guides, light directs. It lets us see where we're going. The same is true for the sun. I believe that as we look to Jesus, the light of the world, that we are forced to one to two options. I find it very interesting that there is no like halfway lit room. There's a lit room and then there's night. And I believe that's what we see in scripture as well, is that we are given a choice to follow the light, to follow Jesus, or to follow darkness. I, I just want you to think about something tonight, a question to consider. And this is, uh, this is for you personally. This is not for the person sitting next to you. This is a question that I want you to ponder, ponder for yourself. What is guiding you. What is guiding your motivation? 
What is guiding your ambition, your desires, your dreams? What is guiding your goals for 2020? I believe that, I believe that there's no middle of the, the road here. I believe that we are, we are either guided by ourselves leading into darkness or we're guided by the light. I think a challenge for many of us is as we imagine, you know, and we question, you know, what really is my motivation? What really is guiding me? Is it, is it Jesus, the light of the world, or is it myself? I think it boils down to many of us, I think it boils down to trust. Do I trust that if I lean into God and Jesus for my 2020 goals and ambitions, that it's gonna work out quite like I want it to work out? Am I gonna hit the need, the expectation that I have for my dreams and my goals? And then sometimes we get at this crossroad and we say, you know, I don't know that I trust God. So we take in our own control because we believe that we can trust ourselves more than we trust Jesus. But how are we thinking that we're guiding ourselves if we're guiding ourselves into the night without the light? Where do we think we're guiding ourselves to? We have no sense of direction at this point. Every direction is the right direction at this point. But no, no, Jesus gives us a clear path, a guiding light, a path of everlasting life, a path of hope, a path, a light and a direction that never changes in any season. God says, if you follow me, you can't go wrong. I came to bring life and life abundant. That's the light that I want to follow. I love it. One of my favorite verses of all time, this is my life verse. It's found in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. This is what we typically do. If we were to say, what do we normally do? Do we lean on our own understanding? Probably, sometimes. But it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. I wanna follow in God's direction. I wanna tell you today, if, if you're wondering, I wanna tell you, in all the confidence in the world, that in every season that I've ever been in, and all of the struggles and challenges that I've ever faced, you can 100% trust and count on our God. 100%. Jesus, the light of the world. Number two, Jesus, no, sorry, not Jesus, son, it. It reveals the truth. Jesus too, Jesus too. It reveals the truth. It gives us direction, and it reveals the truth. Have you ever walked into a bathroom where the light was just a little too bright? Now, some of you already know what I'm talking about. But you walk into this bathroom, and there you have six bulbs lined up at 150 watts staring you right back in the face, and it just so happens, there's a mirror. I was at a retreat a while back, and I walked into this bathroom, and I flipped on the light switch, and, and I turned and looked at the mirror, and I was like, ooh. It's like, wow. What is going on with that face? I just re why? Because the bright light in the mirror, it showed every imperfection. I was like, do I really have that many wrinkles? And then I began to make excuses, like there's smile wrinkles, you know? Or like it's been a hard year, I can always moisturize and recover in 2020, you know? Amen. But it revealed every blemish, every wrinkle, every imperfection in my face, and it made me a little self-conscious. 
Like, geez, it can't always be that. So I'm like checking other mirrors, like just making sure, like it's a default mirror, okay? Anybody ever thought they've looked at a, de- like a, a, a troubled mirror? Like it's, it's the mirror, it's not my face, no. It's your face, okay? But you're still beautiful, but you're still beautiful in God's size. No, no, everybody's beautiful. I love you, everybody's beautiful. What am I saying? Everybody's beautiful. We clear, okay. Just making sure. The light, uh, the light reveals what's going on on the outside, and the mirror just reflects that. Well, I believe what actually happens when we begin to lean into God and follow God is that the, the truth of who he is gets revealed in us, and it reveals who we really are. So I believe for the first time, if you're seeking the light, seeking Jesus and spiritual truth, that maybe, just maybe for the first time, you get to discover who you really are. And for many of us, that's kind of scary because maybe you don't like who you are. Maybe you don't like who you feel like you're going to find when God goes inside and sees all the imperfections in your life. And so for year after year after year, you've put God at arm's length saying, God, I'll follow you here, but I'm not letting you in here. And for many of us, I think that's because that we feel like as we approach God, we're gonna experience what we felt from everybody else. What is that? Guilt, shame. Or maybe they're not gonna love us anymore. Or maybe once they see who we really are, they're not gonna be our friends anymore. Is this how many of us have felt before? I mean, I know I have. I still have some of those feelings sometimes when I, I do something and I'm like, no, I know he's forgiven me like the billion, last billionth times, but like, I don't know about this one. I want to tell you today that when the light goes into the dark, it reveals everything. But what it, its purpose in revealing everything is not to condemn you. When the truth comes in, its purpose is to forgive you. Jesus is not revealing your sin. He's not revealing the imperfections of your life. He's not revealing the disobedience in your life to make you feel guilty. Not to shame you but to love you and to forgive you. There is no amount of imperfection in your life, there is no amount of sin in your life that God's grace cannot forgive. He's not here to condemn you, he's here to save you and to give you a way and to point you in the direction of his truth. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world in this way that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. In Jesus we have forgiveness. I love this C.S. Lewis quote and it says this. It says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the son is risen. Not only because I see it but because by it, I see everything else. We can see God's activity, but God did not come to just reveal himself to us. He came to, set the, to make the blind see, to reveal the hidden things, to draw men and women to himself. I wanna tell you today, you cannot find the way apart from the light. 
There is no inner light guiding you to the right place. There is nothing inside to produce the external and eternal result that you want and that you desire. Something of that great magnitude has to come from outside of us. And that is is exactly what God did when he sent his son, the light of the world. Something outside of ourselves, a guiding light for us to follow. 1 John 1, 5 through 9 speaks to this. He says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. And there's absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all our sins. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. In verse nine, I love this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, this is what I've been saying all along. Jesus is not coming to condemn, but to forgive. He's not coming uh, so that you can earn your way up. No, he's coming to make you righteous. And he forgives our sins. The final thing is this, is that the son gives and sustains life. The son gives and sustains life. Now, I'm no scientist, but I can research with the best of them. And I researched the sun and its significance towards not only giving us life, but sustaining us life. Do you realize that if the sun were to be gone today, that immediately plants would begin to die? Photosynthesis would be over. And we'd no longer have food. It said that in a week's time, the temperature of the earth would reach 32 degrees. And that in a year, the surface of the earth would be at negative 150 degrees. Now, I know in Colorado, we say that there's no bad weather, only bad gear. But I'm telling you right now, there is no gear that can keep you warm at negative 150 degrees. The sun not only gives, it sustains life. And I love how intentional God is in his creation uh, to use his creation to point us back to his son. Doesn't that sound familiar? Jesus gives and sustains life. Where would you be a week without Jesus? Where would you be a year without Jesus? I want to ask you another question. I asked you the first, what is guiding you? And then I also want you to consider one more question. What is sustaining you? What is sustaining you? What is giving you life? And then what is sustaining you? For many of you here tonight, you may say, well, I don't know that I exactly feel sustained right now. Uh, I've, I feel like maybe giving up. Or maybe I felt like I, I never, I've never felt sustained in my life. I felt like life is just always hard and that's just the way that it is. And I really don't know that I have life on the inside and true joy on the inside. And if that's you, that's okay. It's okay to be honest with yourself. I actually feel like this is an important step in the process is being honest with yourself and your heart condition. Like, where are you right now? Are you hurting? Are you broken? Are you angry at God right now? Are you frustrated? Are you grieving a loss? Are you hurting for your friends? 
Are you struggling with addiction? Like, where are you right now? Where is your heart condition? Are your relationships struggling? What gives you life and what sustains you? John 1, 4 through 5 says this. In him, this is Jesus he's referring to. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. I want to make this very practical for you tonight. When you say yes to Jesus, the light comes in. And it does what the light does. And he forgives, and he cleanses, and it makes you white as snow. Scripture says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things are made new. Wait, you mean that when the darkness goes to battle with the light, it loses? Yes. Every time. Why? Because Jesus knows no defeat. Jesus is victorious in every situation and over every sin in your life. Not just your circumstances, but for all eternity. Jesus came, born of a baby, lived a perfect sinless life, and he died on a cross. Why did he have to die? because he had to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin. None of us could live a perfect life and pay the price. We just couldn't do it. But Jesus came fully man, fully God, and he lived a perfect life and was the perfect sacrifice, the perfect atonement for our sins. And even then, you're like, yeah, I get that. But even then, like, couldn't he have done that without dying, right? Scripture says that greater love is no one than this than he who would lay down on his life for a friend. God gives us the ultimate example of both love and sacrifice and sending his own son to die for us. And while we didn't deserve it at all, God said, no, 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 I'm gonna take this on me. I'm gonna take your sin on my shoulders and I'm gonna die in your place. And Jesus died so that we don't have to. You know what? He didn't stay dead. Can I go ahead and tell you the story? He rose on the third day, defeating Satan, defeating the enemy, defeating death, defeating the grave for all eternity. God took the keys to death back. And now in Christ, through his blood, we can have everlasting life. Not only that, the light gives us a relationship to the Father. It gives us fellowship with the Father. We see in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you're looking for direction in your life, look no further than Jesus. He's the way. He's the guiding light. If you're looking for truth in your life, look no further than Jesus. He's the truth. He, he doesn't preach truth. He is truth. And if you're looking for life and life everlasting and abundant life, look no further than Jesus. He doesn't speak about giving you life. Life doesn't rest on you. He is life, and he wants to live in your life. And he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. And so if you're here today and you say, wow, that kind of hits me in a really weird place because I've always thought that if I just did the right things, if I was just good enough, that one day when I go to and I, I'm standing before God, He's gonna look at my life and say, you know what? You were a good person. Come on into the house. 
But you see, Scripture actually speaks to that. Scripture says that our best and greatest works towards God are as filthy rags. That no matter how we try to measure up, God's level of perfection is so high and our good deeds, we're like, God, but like I've been good for like two hours. It's like, no, like like that's not how it works. You don't measure up to my holiness and that's how it works. No, no, no. That's why he sent his son because he knew we could never measure up. And that's why he gives us grace. So we can't earn it. It's given to us. And that's why we celebrate Christmas is we give gifts and and why do we even do that? It's because we have the greatest example of the greatest gift giver of all time who sent his son as the greatest gift and who wants to offer you and I the gift of his grace today. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, for by grace you have been saved. Remember I said God was on a rescue mission. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Faith is believing what you cannot see. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing, meaning you cannot achieve salvation. It is a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. If we could earn our salvation, we'd be boasting about it. But we could never, we would never even know when we measure up or when we don't. But guess what? Through the grace of God, you can know that you have relationship for the Father. You can know that you have eternal life with Jesus in heaven. You can have the hope. You can have the peace. You can have the joy and the life that Jesus offers. If you would, go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. I want to ask you today, if you're here today and you're saying, man, if I'm being honest with myself and if I'm being honest with you and I'm not going to make you stand up, I'm not going to make you walk down the middle aisle, nothing. This is just being honest with ourselves and throwing up a sign to say, this is me. If you're here today and you say, I have never made Jesus Lord of my life, would you put your hand up today? I think it's important for all of us to come to a realization of where we are, our sin, our heart condition, our place. And I want us to really consider, is Jesus Lord of my life? Is he master of all? Have I received him, his grace in my life? The thing about a gift is that really all you have to do is receive it. And we're going to pray a prayer together as a church. And if you're uh, already a part of the faith family, then I want you to say this prayer even louder. But I don't believe that as we say this prayer together, I don't believe that the prayer itself saves you. I believe that what saves you is your faith, repentance and faith, recognizing that, God, I I know that I have been chasing after my own uh, desires, my own flesh. I've been running in the darkness towards my own personal ambitions. But, God, I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn, and I'm going to look to you. And then the second is faith, and that's putting your trust in who God says that he is. So if you're here today and you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, then I hope that you'll join us as a faith family as we say this prayer of salvation and declaration together. Let's pray this prayer. Say, God, I believe that you are who you say you are. I admit that I am a sinner in need of a savior. By faith, I say, you are Lord of my life. Thank you for forgiving me. By your grace, I am saved. And by your power, I am set free. In Jesus' name we pray. 
All God's people said, amen. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more, or if you'd like to join us on a Sunday, head on over to pinewoodboulder.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. And if you'd like to be notified every time we post new content, then subscribe. And remember, just keep coming back.